Greetings, Seamheads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rockies-centric podcast powered by My Life Sports. I'm your host, Anilo Piro, back at it with the latest installment of this podcast to keep you, the Rockies fans, up to date with all the news and notes surrounding your Colorado Rockies. Um, an interesting game today that we'll dive in, that I'll dive into with Jenna, who I haven't introduced yet formally, but I will in a second, so just hold your horses. Um... But yeah, a, a weird game nonetheless that I'm really excited to talk about um, with Jenna here on this podcast. Um, weird. I'm going to leave it at that because that's exactly what it was. It was just quirky. It was irky. It was icky. What other weird adjectives end in why? I don't know. Um, but not the best performance from the Colorado Rockies today. But before we talk about the Rockies, be sure to follow me on social media, um, on Twitter at Media by AP and on Instagram at avp.media. And also keep up with all of our work over Mile High Sports, not just our Rockies coverage. From the preps to the pros, Mile High Sports has you covered from top to bottom with all of your Colorado sports information from the Rockies, the Avalanche, the Nuggets, the Broncos, the Outlaws, the Rapids, all that good stuff stuff be sure to check us out and we have multiple ways to uh you know for you guys to kind of consume our content we have our online site over at mylifesports.com in addition to our monthly magazine which i like to call a, a local version of sports illustrated really really cool thing that um doug ottowell and his crew uh produce every single month i actually just wrote the most recent cover story so head out to your local king supers all across the front range from Foco to castle rock and, and pick up a copy of my Life sports magazine the one with john gray on the cover if you want to read my uh install per se of uh, how Gray reinvented himself this offseason uh, you know, with his pitch mix and all that good stuff and then also be sure to listen to the radio station AM 1340, FM 1047 you can listen to that all across the front range and, and in the Denver metro area uh, a loaded lineup starting at 6am to 6 at night so a lot of good uh, raw sports talk for you guys if you want to consume it that way um, but like I said from top to bottom Mile High Sports has you covered so be sure to check us out on all the platforms but we are in a uh, the beautiful studio here at Coors Field. It, it's really it, it's marvelous. Let me tell you guys. I mean, the Rockies really know how to put together a good podcast studio. But I am joined by my main chica, Jenna. Jenna, why don't you introduce yourself? I don't. This is actually you're the second guest we've ever had on this podcast. Wow, so I, feel important. I know you better feel important. It's <laughs> I, I it's do. Uh, you know we don't we're pretty exclusive with this stuff. I see you that. Know, we I see we that. don't really bring a lot of guests on because you know Luke and I, you know we lock it down. Right. Um, but tell people what you do, Jenna. Tell them where they can follow you and all that good stuff as well. Sure. I work with Mile High Sports as well, and I host the Locked on Rockies podcast. And I also do Nuggets coverage. I started it with Mile High Sports specifically with Nuggets coverage and then moved into Rockies coverage. Last year I did Rockies uh, color commentary in Spanish. So I, I it's not my first year doing Rockies coverage, but it is my first year with Mile High Sports doing Rockies coverage. Everybody can follow me. At Vida Viva Diva, V I. Wait, wait, Vida Viva Diva. Yeah. Okay. Vida like life. Mm-hmm. Viva like live, and Diva like diva. Are you a diva? If what? I want to answer, you're this, not a honestly, diva towards like, me. I really don't feel like I'm a diva, but <laughs> I feel like I'm a diva in some things. Like there's a few things that you'll make me diva-ish, and you know what? This game, I felt like brought out my diva. Uh, you know, you know who were divas today were the players. 
Uh, especially the Cubs a, players. A ton of players were diva-esque. Yeah, it was not the best. But you guys can also check out Jenna and I's collaborative work on the social media stuff, on the Mile High Sports Instagram, as well as the Twitter. We just finished recording our series recap show um, that we're going to be start doing now throughout the season. Um, kind of giving you guys a quick digestion of what happened in the latest series for the Rockies. Um, a quick three, four-minute video to just you know update you, the fans, uh, of what's happened over the past couple of days. So both Jenna and myself are really looking forward to bringing that to you guys. So right after I hit end on this podcast, we're going to get that post up. And then, exactly. you know, by the time you're listening to this, that means you can go back and watch that. So. And hopefully bringing you some exclusive things, things that you don't see on the field necessarily, but things you hear in the lo- things we've heard in the locker room that we can bring to you guys. So you're not just getting the score necessarily. It's a recap of everything that went down in the series as well as the tensions and lows and highs in the locker room. For sure, for sure. And uh, if you guys are a big fan of the podcast or the videos you do and you're at all interested in sponsoring them, be sure to reach out to either Jenna or myself, or Luke for that matter as well. Um, like I said, feel free to shoot me a DM on Twitter at Media by AP or on Instagram at avp.media. Um, you know, all that good stuff as well. We're we're, look, we're avidly looking to try to get some sponsorships on this podcast to help, you know, broadcast some local messages to, uh, you know, the Rockies fans and try to get the community intertwined in that facet as well. But let's, uh, let's talk some baseball Jenna and, and let's talk about a 10 to 1 Rockies loss this afternoon to the Chicago Cubs um, you know and I was talking to Kevin Henry of Rocks Pile he, he's the head honcho over there and and before we talk about the hit by pitch we need to talk about Antonio Sensatella from a baseball perspective because the hit by pitch stuff in my opinion is you know just a little separate mm-hmm. but the Rockies up until this point had really received really solid starting pitching collectively over the past few games and Sensatella today kind of goes out in the mound and throws up a little bit of a stinker and in my opinion one thing you know the not the silver lining but the one thing that is not being discussed about this game or you know that I haven't seen the chatter on social media is the apparent lack of depth and consistency that the Rockies still have in the back end of that rotation. You know, we know Sensatella is going to be good, but today just really off his game, gave up a, a, just a boatload of runs and a boatload of hits to this Red or to this Cubs offense. Um, what did you see from Sensatella? Uh, do you do you agree with me? Do you think that there is still, you know, a little bit of a, a problem? Is it problematic in the back end of that rotation? And if so, what should the Rockies do? Oh, absolutely. I think um... – Antonio still is lacking in just consistency across his starts. You know, when he is good, he's good. And when he's not feeling great, he's he's really struggles to get back on. Um, I feel like Marquez really uh, figured that out this season where he can have a tough inning and come back from it and battle back from it. And I think that that takes maybe a year's time because you saw that last year with Herman Marquez as well. You saw him struggle in innings and not be able to come back from those innings or give up a big home run and not be able to come back from that. Where this season he's had tough innings, whether that's in the second or – typically in the second or third, he has a tough inning. And then he's able to battle back from that and still pitch into potentially the seventh inning. So uh, Antonio Sensatella is still struggling on the mound. He said that he felt like his command of his fastball was where, what was lacking today. But if you go back and look at the pitches that he was throwing, his secondary pitches weren't there either. Yeah. And so if, if the command of his fastball, as he says, he's the pitcher, he's letting go of the ball, if that one wasn't working for him, when your fastball's not working for you, 
it's hard to have anything really working. Yeah, for it, everything kind of unravels, you know. Yeah. Once the fat, you know, the fastball command. Bud Black talks about it. All the pitchers talk about it. You know, Kyle Freeland is someone that has struggled with fastball command this season, and he's currently down in AAA um, pitching for the Isotopes. Um, you know, I, I completely agree with your analysis of the situation today from uh, Sensatella, and I really like the analogy, you know, or the comparison that you used with Herman Marquez because. We've seen Marquez in the past really, really struggle, you know, have string together, you know, two bad innings and, and whatnot. And he's really did a – Marquez has done a really good job of kind of refining himself on the mound, you know, that maturation and that maturity. Um, and we haven't quite seen that from Senzatella yet. Um, you know, this guy is loaded with potential, though. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've seen – I remember when he first came on the scene in 2016, he won um, – I don't remember if it was player – I think it was pitcher of the week. It may have been pitcher of the month. Um, early on in that 2016 season. I mean, he had some really, really good starts there for the club. And what I remember early on from Sensatella is he had a really good heartbeat, and he did a really good job of limiting damage and, and keeping himself cool, calm, and collective on the mound. And we just haven't seen that here recently, and that's definitely a little bit concerning in my personal opinion um, because we Bud Black is hammered at home, and I think I've written this like 100,000 million times over and over in different ways that this team is going to live and die by their starting pitching. And when you get a performance like today, like you did today from Sensatella, more often than not, you're probably going to end up losing those games. And, and that's why it's so concerning. Um, again, just one start, Rockies end up winning this series. But in a microcosm, I, I just I can't help but think like, hmm, if this team really wants to take the next step, this is something that has to be corrected. Absolutely. And, you know, I was thinking about it about – kind of around that third inning. Obviously, that second inning, he gets rocked. Five runs scored against him. Um, in the third inning, I was, as he was coming to the mound, I was thinking, you know, Chad Bettis had to come in yesterday because of Peter Lambert's mm-hmm. uh, soreness in his knee after that diving catch. And um, if he hadn't, this would have been some uh, a game for Chad Bettis yep. to come in and Former have a starter. long relief, a uh, couple innings there that really could have supported... Uh, supported the team in the win and potentially got them out of a tougher situation. I was un- I-, I was surprised not to see Chad Bettis. Is and maybe you can answer this for me. Is you pitched two innings yesterday? Can't pitch today? Yeah, you know Bettis has just kind of gone through a little bit of a, a transformation in terms of his role with this club. And I- the Rockies really aren't trying to push him by any means. And to be completely honest, you know this might sound a little damp- put a damper on everything, but. I think the Rockies knew they were out of this game, you know, in like the third third inning, inning. yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's why you saw Jake McGee eat a couple innings, and, and, you know, you didn't see any of these prominent guys come into the game because, you know, that's baseball. And I really think the Rockies kind of felt like, you know, hey, we won two of three, we won the first two games, you know, a loss in this game isn't the end of the world. Why burn our pitchers, you know, still four days until their next off day. Um, so right. they really just kind of tried to juice whatever they could out of that. With you know. four games coming up exactly. against somebody in your division within exactly. your NL West division. Yeah, so I don't know. Starting pitching is, you know, in a microcosm was, you know, very apparent today. There are struggles that have, you know, continued to kind of ravage them all throughout the season. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this team continues to um, deal with that starting five. You know, I've been very adamant that it's been a little bit of a revolving door. You know, being that John Gray and Herman Marquez, who we've talked about a little bit, are the only two remaining, you know, starters from the original starting five this season. Anderson underwent knee surgery. Um, Bettis, you know, like we said, is now in the bullpen. And, and Freeland, like I talked about earlier as well. Um, now, he starts tonight. Yeah, he does. So, And he got rocked in his first outing at AAA. Yeah, so, he did. He really um, did. It looked like a Rockies game. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. did. So that's that's not a good sign. We'll see how he does tonight. But um, let, let's shift over to uh, the spiciness, as Nolan Arenado kind of uh, 
touted it, uh, the hit-by-pitches, and, and there was a lot of them today. Four confirmed hit-by-pitches today, two yesterday, and then Blackman almost got hit at one point, and Schwarber. And, inside, and but, I mean, we're talking inside. double digits over the course of this series of either close calls or, you know, events that actually led to a hit-by-pitch. So, um it was, what do you what do you make of the scenario? Honestly, this whole hitting pitchers to protect your teammate situation, which is what the only rational argument that people can ever give me, aside from, oh, that's baseball, which Nolan Arenado said multiple times in his interview after the game was that's just baseball, or which I don't consider or condone as a good enough argument. Or they they say, um, you know, we're, the pitcher's job is to protect its its players, its teammates, mm-hmm. and. In my opinion, I don't see how who was being protected here today because seven guys walked away with almost three guys with those three that Schorber, uh, Blackman, and Baez almost took one to the temple. Yeah, those were three high and inside pitches, or at least the cheekbone. Those are three you get hit in the cheekbone, you're out for a season. You get hit in the temple. Chris Bryan got hit last year in the temple by Herman Marquez here in Coors Field, and and that. That's a very, very scary place to get hit. Nolan Arenado gets hit in the elbow, ends up leaving the game today. Hamels gets hit. Tony Walters gets hit in the ninth inning. Yeah, when they're up 10 to nothing. Makes no sense. Yeah, it, Like, who are we protecting here? Because exactly. now you have an injured Nolan Arenado. You have an injured star on, our, on the Rockies team. You have a potentially injured Chris Bryant yesterday. And if this is – if my question is this all starting from – Peter Lambert hitting Chris Bryant twice yesterday. Yeah. Because quite honestly, I feel like Peter Lambert looks like he could be in middle school and is in his second debut, his second day of, you know, his second start, and happened to have to see the Cubs twice in that in those two starts. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's where I was going to go to next is the Cubs, the, the, the Rockies players that were hit by Cubs pitchers, those seemed intentional. The, the, the Cubs hitters that were hit by Rockies pitchers did not seem intentional. You know, you kind of talk about Lambert, 22 years old, in his second career start, like you said. I don't think this guy's going out there saying, hey, I want to be Chris Bryant twice. Of all people, Chris Bryant, MVP candidate, like a, a, a very highly adored player across the league, especially by Cubs fans. Of all the guys, you think Peter Lambert, if I was out there on this mound, I would, I would think like, let me hit one of these no-name guys. If I really wanted to hit somebody... But I'm not going to go for Chris Bryant. Yeah, you know you're asking and, and, for and Bryant and Rizzo also got plunked today. These these are two guys that are yeah they're big names and they're known to crowd the plate. You know they're, they're known and when you crowd the plate, it's very hard for starting pitchers to go inside. And because of that, some pitchers you know don't care and they'll continue to go inside. And because of that, sometimes hit by pitches occur. I don't think it was intentional by any means. I just think Lambert wanted to stay aggressive. And, you know, that's what Tony Walters kind of alluded to um, after today's game is that, you know, both sides were trying to be aggressive. We're trying to pound the inside uh, part of the strike zone. Um, and, you know, sometimes guys get hit. But like I said, I, I just, from the Rockies' perspective, I really think that that aggression just happened to lead to a couple of hit by pitches, whereas Chicago saw that as hostility and said, no, 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 like, you're not going to do that. We're going to go out and plunk your best player, Nolan Arenado. And then, you know, while we have a 10-run lead, we're going to go out and plunk Tony Walters. Like, what is that well, accomplishing? He's been batting pretty well and probably the best catcher on the team. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It was just, it was so Bush League. It, it really was. And I'm not, and I'm being as objective as I possibly can. Like, I'm not trying to side with the Rockies, if, you know. Here's a question for you. If it had been Marquez or Gray on the mound mm-hmm. yesterday and today, Let's say Marquez pegs Chris Bryant twice 
If had Mar- I honestly, in my honest opinion, I believe if Marquez had pegged Chris Bryant twice yesterday, there would have been a brawl because now yeah. it would have been now the fourth time Marquez has pegged Chris Bryant, and I know for a fact that not one of those times he has tried to intentionally hit him. Yeah. But let's say it had been the two guys who are what we would call leader or veterans on the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so crazy to call Gray yeah. and Marquez veteran pitchers, but uh, let's say it had been them. If it had been John Gray today pitching. You know, Do you think it would have? It would be. It would seem different. I think so. Um, and obviously, it's hard to tell without the circumstances. But you know, Senzatella did end up hitting a batter today, and we talked about in our post game video as well that his command was kind of off. You know, and that was noticeable from the beginning, and that's what kind of just didn't seem right in terms of the Cubs retaliating because it didn't, like I said, it didn't seem like Senzatella was trying to bean these guys. And obviously, with Marquez and Gray, the circumstances would have been different. Yes, but I don't know. It just. I don't think it's that, so I think you can take it personally if Gray pegs Chris Bryant twice yes. in one game. Yes. I think you can take it personally, and I think I know for a fact they would have taken it personally if Marquez had pegged Chris Bryant twice in a game. Yeah. But Peter Lambert, do you even know who that guy is? Exactly. Aside from the fact that he debuted in Wrigley last week, you wouldn't even know his name. Yeah, and I mean, all the confirmation that we needed in terms of the Cubs' motivations was that Walter hit by pitch at the end of the game. I mean, that was just completely uncalled for. Chicago was going to walk off with an easy victory. Um, and, and, you know, for, for better or for worse, you know, intended or not, Walters ends up getting hit. And, and I don't know. It was weird. I mean, I don't know about you. I clearly sensed, um, you know, some clear-cut frustration within the Rockies clubhouse. You know, Buddy Black was short and sweet to the point with his answers regarding that situation. Um, you know, definitely a little startled, a little bit surprised is kind of the vibe that I was getting of why the hell are they doing this? You know, why is this happening? Um, you know, it, it just, it, you know, from my opinion and my vantage point, it just didn't seem like anything that the Rockies were doing was intentional, you know, and I can't say the same for the Chicago Cubs. Um, weird. It was very weird. <laughs> and it, and the whole situation, the, the conversation about hitting pitchers and fighting in baseball really irks me, Anilo. It gets under my skin because it doesn't make sense to me that it's okay to hit somebody potentially in their career and there have been players who in a brawl have ended their career mm-hmm. because they got an elbow to the eye socket or they got something you know where they were ended up losing or unable to play in the future now, I, why are we so upset in baseball yeah. about that but throw your glove on the on the field and you might get yeah over. it's it's one of those strange situations and you bring up the injuries you know Nolan Arenado had to leave the game today um, and the expect he he told us today that it's just there's some tightness. Um, the X-rays came back negative, and that he'll see how he wakes up tomorrow. But it's just you know, God forbid that Nolan Arenado breaks his arm and he's out for six weeks. You know, and you know all over some gibberish. You know, and right. that's really what it is is gibberish. Um, you know, there in my opinion, you can tell the difference between when a team is intentionally trying to hit someone versus when it's an accident. And obviously, the repetitive nature in which the Rockies pitchers hit the Chicago Cubs hitters irks Chicago, but again, I can't reiterate enough, it, it just did not seem intentional from the Rockies' perspective, whereas I can't say the same for the Cubs, because it seemed very intentional. It would it would be interesting if we had a someone from the Cubs' side of it, you know, to yeah. have that conversation and to ask them what they really genuinely felt from their point of view, from their vantage point. So if you're a Cubs fan out there, please respond to our podcast, let us know. Do you think that they were intentional? Because... I agree with you. I don't feel like it was intentional. I Like I said, if it had been a different pitcher on the mound yesterday, I could see it being more understanding why the Cubs would have been more frustrated. Uh, but 
I don't understand. I, at the very end of the conversation, I do not understand why you are risking hurting professional athletes and potentially ending their career to quote unquote protect a player. Because yeah. to me, that end result is a player who's not been protected. Yeah. Right? Because now there are more players injured. It, it's textbook logic, and I agree. And just to round up with this series and all that stuff, you know, at the end of the day, the Cubs win big today and this whole fiasco happens. But at the end, you know, at the end of it all, the Rockies still escape with a victory in the series. You know, they won the first two games. You know, Chicago, you know, your Cubs fans, ha- enjoy yourself. Um, you know, you, salv- you, you avoided getting swept. Um, by the, <laughs> at the hands of the Rockies, and you also you know hurt a couple of players along the way. But that series is over; it's done and over with. The Rockies and the Cubs will no longer play again in the regular season. We'll see what happens if both teams end up clinching a spot in the postseason. You know that'll Nolan Arenado said that that would be spicy. You know the, yeah. the next time that these clubs would match up. So um, if you're if you want drama, I guess you have to root for that. But let's move over to the upcoming series. The Rockies currently sitting with a two and one record on their current seven game homestand, set to welcome the division rival San Diego Padres um, with uh, to Coors Field for a four game set beginning tomorrow. Um, Padres have kind of slipped as of late after a strong start. I believe either a game above or below 500. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Rockies, I believe, are a game above 500 against teams within the division this season. So um, a really good opportunity to, one, get a few more wins, but also get some divisional wins. Um, what are you looking for in this series, Jenna? Uh, and, you know, what, what are your expectations? I mean, obviously I want to continue to see the bats swinging. And I really – I think what we're all looking for in every series is the starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. How are the starting pitchers That's doing? Are they developing? Are they really se- settling into their roles? Uh, in this series, you know, you're going to get to see John Gray, and that's probably the most important start that you want to see really be consistent and strong. Um, obviously, it's always fun to see your divisional rivals, but it's important that the Rockies continue to rack up these wins because they still sit nine and a half games behind the Dodgers. And, and <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you guys, and I've said this before, it's a pipe dream to win the division at this point. I think the Rockies are fully playing for a wild card spot once again. Spot once again. Um, so that makes all any wins they can come by, you know, all the more important. And, you know, should the Rock or should the Dodgers go on a little bit of a skid? You hope that the Rockies have, you know, have won enough games in the past and continue to win. Maybe they could overtake the Dodgers, but at this point in time, I just don't see that as a reality. But um, a big series for the Rockies that four game home or that the four game series to finish out the seven game homestand. Um, you know, we, you talked you talked a little bit about the offense entering today's game. The Rockies had been hitting three thirty, I believe, in their last ten home games. Um, really good offensive production. Nolan Arenado has led the uh, the National League in batting average since April, um, the end of April. So a lot of really good stuff coming from the Rockies here as of late. Um, any final thoughts on what's ahead for the Rockies? One thing that I am looking forward to in this series against the Padres is that last time the Padres came to town, um, Fernando Tatis Jr. was injured and on the IL. Mm-hmm. He will be playing in this series. He's another uh, I believe, superstar. Is he at third base or shortstop for the Padres? Shortstop. Shortstop. And I mean, it's another superstar, kind of like a you know um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. in that sense, like big big names. You know, their dads played big. Exciting to see him play. I'd like I'd like to see him play and match up against the Rockies and just. See what he's got. You know, he's a new kid to the to the scene, and obviously the Machado 
uh, Arenado matchup is always fun to see. So I'm hoping to see Nolan on the field is probably my biggest hope. Yeah, that's the big thing, and I'll reiterate it again, guys. You know, the, the Rockies and Arenado, well, Bud Black said that the x-rays came back negative. Arenado said that there's really just tightness that he's dealing with, you know, no pain, you know, or really like that. So um, he was removed from today's game as more, more so as a precaution as opposed to Oh my gosh, you know, this guy's really hurt. Um, like I said, Rocky's about to welcome the Padres for a four-game set. Rocky's, uh, or, or I believe, are 4-1 and one against the Padres this season. I know they've only lost to them once, but I believe they've collected four here wins. here at home, yeah. Yeah. They, they won the seri- first series in San Diego, and then they won a, the second series here at home, but they lost one of those games. Yeah, so it, it'll be a fun weekend nonetheless, Father's Day weekend as well. Um, Jenna, why don't you tell the listeners one more time where they can follow all your work? Yeah, check out everything I do at Vita Viva Diva on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I post most of my work. Uh, sometimes Facebook, but everything is under Vita Viva Diva. It's three letters, three words. V I. Wait, what did I say? Vita Viva Diva. V I D A V I V A. D-I-V-A. There you go. And you can follow me on the Twitter sphere at Media by AP and on Instagram at avp.media if you want to keep up with all of my work as well. Be sure to check out all of our content at mileisports.com on the radio station as well, AM 1340 FM 1047, and in the magazine. You can pick up a copy of that all across the front range from Foco to Castle Rock at your local King Supers. That's going to do it for the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast. Either Luke or myself will be back with a new edition uh, here in a couple days to keep you guys updated and intertwined. Um, um, enjoy the rest of your afternoon and enjoy this weekend as the weather starts to heat up as well. Um, but until then, guys, we'll talk to you later.